0: Hello, Pastor Deborah here, and welcome again to another wonderful spiritual teaching video for you. I'm recording today from my living room. Can't see it because I'm on Zoom bro. Also, please know that I do not use a green screen. My hair might be fuzzy. You might see things coming through It's my living room. If I point my hand and it disappears into the video, it's because there's no green screen. And I am using a wonderful motion video from Pixabay for free. I'm also going to be using the wonderful video editing program called Wondershare Filmora. I'll be adding titles and music. That's free from Wondershare to this video. So thank you for coming today to your words of encouragement. I do believe that each of us, our soul, which also nourishes our physical body with its thoughts, its imaginations, what we eat, and our spirit, our forever person, needs words of encouragement, probably daily, if not almost hourly. The worlds we live in here on planet Earth, they're at war right now. Bombs are going off. People are dying and being killed. People are being human trafficked. Domestic violence is happening. Children are having childhood traumas. People are in prison and jails, not only in a physical prison, but in their mind. They're held captive, enslaved by thoughts, emotions, memories, the past, fear, torment. People are using people right and left. Things seem to have just gotten out of control, and they have. If I look a little different, it's because I scooted my chair a little closer to the camera. We want to use this wonderful motion video water and sunlight coming through it to help us visualize ourselves because I'm going to ask you a question like I always do and the question for you this week is how are you warned of your sin your rebellion against the Lord God of Israel that's your question Of encouragement. See we all do bad things. We may not think they're bad. But they hurt other people. But none of that matters. It's what the Lord God of Israel. The ancient God and King of Israel. Out of the Holy Bible. Jehovah. The great I Am. The most high God. It is his opinion. And his opinion only. That counts. Not your imam. Not your pastor. Not a priest or a prophet. Not any. uh, Person. Political system. Political party. Not your culture. Your ancestors. But what does he. The great I am. Say. And how does he. Warn you of your sin. Sin means trespasses. Against his laws. Of his kingdom. Heaven. Your rebellion. Against his rules. His laws. So that's our question. For you today. From me here with Agape Love Ministries out on this wonderful YouTube platform of social media so we're going to go into prayer first and then we're going to get into some scriptures to help us answer this question yes, even you guys that don't believe in him yet you are judged by the God you believe in and let me tell you if you don't do what he wants It's not pretty for you and your family. That's right. There is a God of this world. And there's a God. Of the kingdom of heaven. That's not of this world. But he's desiring to be inside of you. And rule the kingdom of your spirit. Your soul and your physical body. And then out through that. Into the planet called earth. And beyond. So let's first open up with prayer. Get our hearts and minds ready to hear the truth. Receive some light like this coming through the darkness of water. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today for this word of encouragement for us. We thank you that your heart of Isaiah 60, 61, and 62 have never wavered throughout the years, the generations, space, and time. You are always reaching out, always talking to us, showing us good versus evil, right from wrong, love from hate. You are showing us ourselves. You desire for us to know, to be self-reflective, to look at our actions and see if they line up with you and your kingdom, your edicts, your decrees, your laws. Father, we thank you for this time you teaching that people may learn about themselves and that they are probably in sin in rebellion against you and the kingdom of heaven. They might be serving other gods other things systems working for somebody else trying hard to obey them and not you. Father, we thank you for this time that you will help us to look at ourselves and to look deep inside of our soul and our thoughts, our heart, our feelings, and see who we really are and what we are really doing. So be with us in this word of encouragement today. In the name of Christ Jesus, the Son of the Living God, the King of Heaven. The great I am, Jehovah, uh-huh. in his name, amen. Okay, we're going to start with some scriptures. We're going to go to the book of Psalms. In the authorized King James Bible, which is the one I use, the reason I use it other, instead of other translations is there's no commentaries by any denomination, any pastor, any preacher. It's just the pure word from Greek and Hebrew, maybe Aramaic, translated into English. There's a lot of scripture references, and I do follow them out. But I like it that my Holy Spirit, the spiritual teacher, my master teacher, he is my interpreter. A lot of times I have to use the Webster's Dictionary to look up the definition of a word. Or the Strong's Concordance to look up the definitions of a Greek or Hebrew word. And then even at that, I put the word spiritual in front of every word. Because the Bible is a book of both flesh and natural. Which is a shadow of the spiritual realm. But I had to understand that God's words were words of spirit. For my spirit, the forever person. And words of life. And I had to help myself by putting that word spirit or spiritual into things. I had to listen carefully. I went throughout the Old Testament. And every time there was, and God said, and God spoke, I go, what? I'm listening. I was acting as if I was the one God was talking to. I realized this God of the Bible is a talking God. He desires to speak to us. He spoke to many people. He spoke through dreams, through animals, through nature, through the enemy, through kings and politicians. He spoke through actions. He he spoke through the weather. Sometimes he would speak and you wouldn't even know it was him. He's trying to help us. This one lady I was working with, her name was Miss Sally. I asked her a question because I had to determine whether she was a flesh creature or a spiritual one. See, I knew something. I said, what do you see and think about when you look at a red rose or a pink rose? She said, oh, I see a beautiful color. I see a beautiful rose. Smells so good. It's beautiful. Makes me feel happy. I said, Do you know what I see? When I look at a rose, pink, yellow, white, red, I see God. I see His gentleness. I see Him speaking to me. I see myself in full bloom with no buds. I see Him and I talk to the flowers. I learned if you talk to plants. They will talk back to you. Nature has a voice. Do you ever think it? Can you hear a tree screaming when you're cutting it down? Can you see the mother tree raising up little baby seedlings? Can you hear the earth crying because of the blood and the bombs you're spilling on it? Can you hear the weather crying tears for us can you hear its anger at our violence against each other and against it I told her Miss Sally that I could see in the rose the realm of the spirit God would take me into the garden of Eden itself that's still here on the planet it's hidden away guarded by a Flaming sword and a fiery cherubim. That's an angel. When I looked at the red or pink rose or white rose in the natural, I saw it as a shadow. I could hear God speaking to me, reaching out to me, saying, I love you. Bloom like this. See my gentleness. See that there is a purpose for the bud. And see that there is a purpose of the rose. The petals were to protect the pollen which were seeds of new life. From the rose I could see and I would peer into the spirit realm and see the living flowers talking to me through the red rose. I could hear them singing with joy that I was there with them. So she couldn't see that. She didn't understand that the world of nature is but a shadow of the real. It is called flesh. And as we know, you can burn it, turns to ashes, but the real thing is still there. And how I learned that, I'm going to show you a secret in just a minute. When I walk, I live in a wooded area. And on the street there would be pine cones. Green ones, brown ones, chopped up ones. Something like this. Let me show you. Can you see it? This one's got some glitter on it for Christmas. But There would be brown pine cones. Because there's a lot of pine trees. Laying in the road. And while I was walking, a brown pine cone would speak to me. Sometimes they were cut in half, broken, just horribly shaped. And the brown pine cone would cry out to me. Please help me. Please help me. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I fell on the road. I've been crushed. And I'm supposed to bring forth pine trees. I'm not in my place. Help me. Help me. Throw me back in the woods. So I can fulfill my purpose. It was crying to me. Crying out for help. A pine cone. Nature was speaking to me, like the red rose. It was saying it was hurt and wounded, and it was out of place. And it had a job to do, and it couldn't do it in the road. So I'd stop, and I would pick it up. The first time it happened, I looked around to see who was talking to me. And I threw the pine cone back into the woods, and it said thank you, as it was flying, as I was throwing it. I learned from this walk and hearing the pine cones, the brown pine cones, the green ones, the broken ones, the wounded ones, that they were a shadow of the real pine cone in the Garden of Eden. Nature was opening itself up to me. I was able to hear the spiritual cries coming out of the Garden of Eden. But nature itself has a voice. Everything talks to its God. It is, has a purpose. The pine cone was to release seeds to grow more pine trees. And this pine cone knew out in the road it couldn't do that. It needed to be in the woods. So I'd throw it back. Then, one night, in the realm of the spirit... I go to the Garden of Eden spiritually with my spirit every night a golden pine cone walked up to me yes pine cones can walk while I was resting on the hill and said thank you but his shadow his reflection the brown pine cone had spoken to him and it was actually the golden pine cone that was allowing the brown pine cone to speak to me the golden pine cone was the original that the brown pine cone was made from two worlds two voices the golden pine cone was in the garden of Eden thanking me for caring for his shadow the flesh the brown pine cone I learned these two were connected And one had a job to do in the natural, the brown pine cone, to bring forth life from its death. And it was showing us a pattern that things have to die to birth new things. Things have to give off seeds, pollen, nuts, pine cones. They have seeds in them. And from their seeds will grow new life. The original, the golden pine cone, was still in the garden that was protected and it had was connected to its brother its shadow in the world of the flesh I had learned a powerful thing by taking a walk I could hear both the natural pine cone and I understood the garden of Eden with the golden pine cone when I pass away And my flesh dirt body disappears. I will still be a part of the Garden of Eden, which is in the Kingdom of Heaven. I will be with the golden pine cone forever and eternity. When a new earth comes, we'll get new pine cones. And this golden pine cone will still be there with me, fulfilling its purpose working with me, respecting me, and I will respect it. So what we were learning out of Psalms, that by me putting the word spiritual in front of words, I was able to hear and see the hidden world that the word of God is in. I could come to know this God of Israel better. So let's pick up in Psalms 19 7 through 14. Psalms was written by King David, the second king of ancient Israel. He was a warrior. He'd been anointed as a teenager. to replace King Saul, who had lost his anointing. King David started off real good. And as time went on, which happens to most of us, we get more in the flesh. And the lust of our eyes, pride of life, step in. So, King David at this time is either singing a song, speaking a prayer, thinking to himself, or singing a song. Psalms 19, 7-14, verse 7. And this is going to help us answer the question, How are you warned of your sin and rebellion against the Lord God of Israel? Verse 7, the law, the doctrines of the Lord God is perfect, righteous, legal, eternal, converting, transforming spiritually, and restoring the spirit and the soul. Right there, King David is telling us that the law is spiritual. It's for our spirit. Our spirit has to get it first. Then it transfers that and transforms and converts our soul. And this becomes a concept, an idea, a belief in our soul. It's legal. It's eternal. It's righteous and perfect. The testimony... His history, his test, his deeds, his acts, his witnesses, his words of the Lord is sure. We're learning that God has a testimony. He's been tested and tried, put through the fire, so to speak. He's even gone to a cross, come out the other side, didn't stay dead, and then returned But he left his Holy Spirit. He has a history with humanity, the earth. We're told that in the beginning was God. He has had many tests himself to prove himself. He has many deeds. If you read the Old Testament, you will learn about him. He has done many acts of righteousness, now, he's been a warrior. He's gone into battle. He is a witness to himself. He also has many witnesses. In later days to come, there will be two in the temple of Jerusalem, witnessing to the Jews. The Jews right now, most of them, have a veil of darkness, of flesh covering their eyes. They can't quite yet receive Christ Jesus, Is their Lord and Savior. They're still waiting for their king to come. But they are faithful to the Old Testament. They are very knowledgeable. And they are still serving the God. Of the Old Bible. The Old Testament rather. And they are hated. By others. In the world. His law and doctrines. King David is saying. They are sure. Steadfast. They are safe. They are true. They are fixed like a rock. Solid. They are eternal. They're upright. They are a pillar. A foundation of righteousness, law, and justice. They make the spiritually wise the very simple ones. But young ones who are ignorant of this become confused. Verse Number eight. The spiritual eternal statutes, the rules, the laws, the council, the rulership of the Lord of the Kingdom of Heaven are right. They're unperverted. They're not confusing. They're not twisted by pride or lust or greed. They rejoice in making glad our spiritual hearts, our minds, and even if you get it right, your physical body. They are health to all parts of us, all three parts of us, spirit, soul, and physical body. They will bring Emotions, feelings of joy and peace and love to our spirit and to our soul. The spiritual commandment, King David is saying, the law, the decrees. To help you understand a lot about a king, go study Dr. Miles Monroe of the Bahamas Faith Ministries. He is in heaven now. But he grew up when the Bahamas was a colony of Great Britain. So he understood king, queens, empires, governors. I stayed a student of his until his death. He's in heaven now. He was in a plane crash, both him and his wife, Ruth. But he taught me to look beyond denominations, beyond the earthly, and look to the kingdom. He even told me I was an ignorant king and I did not understand kingship. We learn that about Christ Jesus when he's confronted by Pilate at his trial. Pilate was seeking something from him. Didn't call him a priest, a pastor, a teacher, a religious leader. He challenged Jesus as a king a political leader and Jesus answered Pilate said I'm not from this earth and I have a kingdom and I'm its king and if I so call forth legions of my soldiers my angels host of heaven will come down here and wipe you slick it was king to king politician to politician kingdom against kingdom Rome, Pilate represented the earthly rulership of a government, of a kingdom. Jesus stood as a king, but to the religious leaders of that day of the Jews, he was a threat because people were following him. So you have to learn to walk in two realms, the religious realm, the spiritual realm, the kingship realm. So you also can learn a lot about kings, decrees, edicts, by watching ancient Chinese historical dramas about the early emperors in China. Also study the early kings of Europe. What I learned is when Americans came to America, they were peasants. They were the pilgrims. They were the supporters and believers of Cromwell, who didn't believe in majesty and royalty. And they wanted to be free of the king's edicts and decrees. So they left. Now, earthly kings have all gotten off. They have become greedy. They don't understand who they are. And it pushes people away from the pattern of kings. So America really is nothing but, we will call them, non-royals. They don't like monarchies, kingship. So they have a hard time understanding the Bible from a king's point of view. Kingship, royalty, a kingdom. So they ended up in religion. A lot of different denominations, sects. Because they don't have the true pattern. But King David was a shadow of the king for us. Now he got off, so we learned that even if you get the right pattern, you can get off. That's right. Some people take bits and pieces of this. I have a wonderful video called, You Got the Pattern Right. It's about a TV preacher talking that he was the king of the church. No, he was the priest of the church. And all the members were kings and they were to go out and do battle and bring back the spoils of war money and give it to him because he was the only one who was connected to God who had God's vision for that church and those people. And I asked God if that was the right pattern. I had never heard that before. Especially after studying Miles Monroe who said, each and every human is a king. Ignorant, but a king. And God taught me through the anointing Through the right Pattern first we put on our Priest robe we become A priest unto God A spiritual Leader then we put on the armor Of God just like the Roman Soldiers wore And we're a warrior so we are both First a priest Then it came so God said That is not the right pattern that that TV preacher was saying So I never listened to him again go watch that video called "Get." I got the pattern right so here we are learning from King David that all of God's rules and laws were right righteous, tested and tried his decrees were good the word of the Lord was pure, it was not tainted with greed or lust or pride it was undefiled it's unpolluted it was enlightening it was transforming it was teaching my spiritual eyes to see and understand so i could use and apply the law in situations i could use his wisdom all that so far in psalms now let's go to psalms 126 still written by king david Verse 6 The words of the Lord are pure words No dross No impurities As silver is tried It's heated in a furnace It's purified In high heat Tested On the earth In order to make the silver Pure You will go through test You will be purified And David is saying his words have already been through that. The Old Testament showed us he's been tried and tested in battle. Egypt. In the new land he was sending the Israelites to. He's been tested in the creation of earth. All of time. His words have been tested and tried. They've come out pure, holy, righteous, and good, and eternal. Now let's go back to Psalms 19, 7 through 14, verse 9. The fear of, the respect of, the honor, the obedience to the Lord is clean. It's pure, it's righteous, it's honorable, it's glorious. And it endures forever. All in nature respects the Lord. All creation, stars, gases, DNA, everything, light, it honors and respects the Lord. It has a voice. It's pure. Now it has been perverted. It has been taken captive and is subject to Satan himself. It is infused with evil, wicked spirits. Curses, demonic forces, and it is under great fear and torment until we can rise up as a king and set it free. We must do battle for nature. We must kick out things that don't belong in it. It is for us. The water's been polluted. We know that. The earth has had bombs dropped on, blood spilt. The earth is angry. It will not bring forth its blessings because Satan himself is in it. He's trying to claim ownership of it, rule it, and use it for his purposes. So you must not only take back your own spirit, your mind, your soul, your words, your concept, but you must fight for the earth, the planet itself. You must love it. You must understand it's a shadow of the Garden of Eden. You have a lot to learn, little one. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. God, the Lord, who's going to judge you, your sins. He is a judge of the universe. He decided long ago. He wrote the laws and he judges you based on those. Study going into the courtroom of the universe and presenting your case, knowing that Satan and his demons are over there fighting against you. You must understand law, the courtroom, a judge, presenting evidence, speaking. I have done this many times. Satan challenged me one time for the right to have the keys to hell, death, and the grave which were given to me by Christ Jesus after his resurrection. Satan said, I don't have a right to them. I had to know scripture. I'm in the courtroom presenting my case for my right because I go into hell. I have gone into hell to preach to, evangelize to Islamic imams. There's a great story called 72 Versions where a young man, he's here in America now, One of the Sanaya brothers. He is held in prison. Him and his brother did the Boston bombing. I don't even remember what year it was. His older brother was killed. They were Islamic terrorists. And the younger brother came to me one day when I was outside watering the garden. Minding my own business. And asked me if his brother was saved. My reputation spiritually had already gotten into the islamic community i said no sir he's not there he is down in hell and he asked me what i could do to save him he wanted his brother in paradise but the paradise that he fought for was hell he didn't know that he thought he was going to go and get 72 virgins but have you ever asked yourself why the men get 72 virgins are those females or males or children what about, who are those 72 virgins? What did the women get? See, in that particular religion, it is male oriented. Everything is for the male's pleasure, honor, and dignity, not the woman's. So in prayer, I took the young Sanaya brother down into hell. We went and found his brother. He was down there being tormented. He was still praying to Allah, but Allah was not answering him. So I had to do some talking, praying, forgiving, to help the spirit of the older Saniah brother accept Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. Just because you die and you end up in hell, there are some of us who will go there and get you. And the pattern for that is that Christ Jesus, upon his death on the cross, he went into hell. He got the keys back from Satan. See, the keys to hell, death, and the grave were actually given to Lucifer, who was the son of the morning, the son of the first age. He was to protect and keep away any sin from the Lord. So he had authority until the cross to put us all in hell and keep us there, locked up. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, Adam and woman, Noah, Shem, Ham and Jephthah, they were all in prison cells, locked. They could not come out because the cross had not yet occurred. But when the cross occurred and Jesus Christ showed up in hell, he was tormented for a while. But he had to get there with sin. It wasn't his. But he took it on himself. But he was innocent. But he had to take it to go into hell. And he took it for you. And then when that time was over, in just a short time, all the sin lifted off and there he was, the pure king of heaven, glorious and righteous. And he took the keys of hell, death, and the grave back from Satan. He said, I got them. And he passed them on to me. So I could go into hell myself spiritually. So here I am with the young Saniah brothers. The older one believed. And he was changed instantly. Gave him a cup of cool water to drink. And when he drank it and took it from my hands. He was birthed again. As a child of God. A child of Christ Jesus. And the king of heaven. And then it was time for him to leave hell and go meet his father in the throne room of the kingdom of heaven. The younger sonia brother wanted to go with him and said, No problem. And when you're finished, you go meet him yourself. He would return to his body, which was in prison. Still is, I believe. The story, 72 virgins, was powerful. It involved keys, Islamic terrorist, hell, heaven, Spirit work, loving, forgiving. So here, in this word of encouragement, I'm teaching you that you will be judged. But even if you end up like the young Sinai brother down in hell, I'll come get you. I've even put an angel with a cup of water on the way there. If you stop and take a drink, you're going up. So I took the two Saniah brothers up to the throne of God, spiritually. I introduced them to the King, the Father, and Christ Jesus. We went on our knees, go study some throne rooms and kings, and you will see spiritually what the throne room looks like. Then I left them with him. They are his children, his property. He died for them. He fought for them through his word was tested and tried, even in hell, they are his. Then I returned to the battlegrounds, the battlefields, as a warrior in general here on earth. So how this worked out was that I had to go into the courtroom, because Satan was challenging me with my right to have the keys to hell, death, and the grave. I even went there to the courtroom, To do some pleading with some royal people that are in the news right now. We had to get some stuff taken care of. I know what you see in the news, but that's not what's happening behind the scenes. God is at work. And King David is telling us that he is the one that will judge us, test us, try us. According to his laws... Whether we are sinful, that means rebellious, treacherous, traitors, or not. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. God's heart says he desires not to lose one, not one Islamic, Buddhist, Confucius, evil, wicked person who doesn't believe in God, not a Black Lives Matter person, a Marxist, not somebody who believes in abortion. He may have to wait until death and you enter hell yourself. He may have to wait until you die to deal with you, but he's going to deal with you. Let's continue on with Psalms 19, 7, 7 through 14. Verse 10. More to be desired are they, the judgments, his statutes, his decrees, his commandments, his laws, than gold. Do you pray to know his law? Do you pray to know his decrees and statutes? I didn't know a lot about that until I watched these Chinese historical dramas where the emperor would make a decree for marriage, death, honoring people, and the eunuchs, who are your angels, so to speak, because they are not gendered they would take a written thing called an edict. You would bow down on your knees to receive it. It was law, even if it was you were to marry your daughter to somebody you didn't want. Laws were given by the emperor. It's a great study to watch those, to learn, study the other kings and queens of Europe and Asia. America has never had a king, even though the politicians desire that position. It's a powerful one of control, of money, policy making, law making, justice, battle, war, America is interesting. It is just what we would call the general population. Ignorant kings trying to be a king without having a king's system in place in America. Americans think that their form of government, which came from the Greeks who were unsaved, didn't believe in Christ Jesus or the kingdom of heaven, that their system of democracy would work for educated people but not for the uneducated so you have to study governments and you have to study dictators you have to study everything about pride and greed and rulership and law and ancient kingdoms and empires to get a good understanding of the Bible and who we're supposed to be on earth yes the lord's statutes and decrees his commandments his laws they are desired more than gold when you can get there more than money or sex or life or football games or winning and desire those you're well on your way yes much fine gold These are sweeter than one's spirit and soul also. They are than honey. His judgments, his laws, his commandments. They are sweeter to our soul than honey. And the honeycomb. When you seek that, and seek to be clean and obedient and righteous in his eyes, you're well on your way. And then you'll be tested. And tried challenged in the courtroom faced with death what do you do in the face of the enemy who's trying to kill you I had that happen in my home a young girl named Miss Amanda who I had taken in she was homeless from a satanic family with multiple personalities trying to help her paid her way to go to college bought her a car drove her everywhere One night, when she discovered some things about her mother, her mother entered her body with a demonic spirit, came into my living room with a pair of scissors, and was proceeding to stab me to death. Husband is in the bedroom asleep. Son is downstairs. I was put under a spell of concealment. Couldn't move. Couldn't talk. She was just a few feet away from me. Scissors were raised. They were coming down. They got within inches of my heart. And all I could do was pray in my head to God. said, death is coming. I'll see you in just a few minutes. Make it quick. And poof, the spell broke off of me. And I said out loud, I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And Deborah and Amanda shook. She threw down a statue, threw down the scissors. And I looked at her and I said, You are not Amanda. You're a demon and I bind you. You are Deborah and I cast you out and away. The next morning, Amanda came to me and said, You're going to call the police and charge me with assault and battery and attempted murder? I said, No. It was your physical body, but it was not your spirit. Was your mother, Deborah, who's now in heaven, she is saved and all things were forgiven, and the demon using your body? This was normal in Satanism, in the occult. This is normal. Do you know just because you lock up somebody in a prison, their physical body is there, but their spirit leaves unless you take care of business and bind them? They can go into other people and do lots of havoc. I had to learn all of this in order to help you and bring forth the word of God in pureness so you would understand a realm called the spirit realm where the kingdom of heaven is, where your forever person is. I had some experiences that spoke to these words. I had to learn the sweetness of God's truth. I had to learn his protection. My faith had to grow. I had to be battle tested, put in furnaces of fire, death within inches of me. And I had to go, No, I'm not charging you. You didn't do it. It was somebody else. Now let's go to Psalms 119, 72. Verse 72 The law of your mouth, O Lord, is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver when a king speaks it's law kings don't speak too often sometimes they write edicts, decrees just their signature is law but when he's in a meeting and he decrees something says something it is law it's done That's the power of a king. And it cannot be undone. Proverbs 8, 4, and 10. Proverbs was written by King Solomon, the third king of ancient Israel. He was the son of King David and Bathsheba in ancient Israel. Proverbs 4, Unto you, O men of the earth, that means you, And the spirit, the forever person. I, the Lord, call to you. And my voice is to you. The children, the seeds of man. God is calling to us. Through nature, through videos, through everything out there. He's trying to get your attention. Dreams, songs, everything. And if he has to put allow you to go to jail or prison... Because you won't get the message or if he has to allow death to happen, he'll catch you on the backside. In death. He'll send me into hell to get you. He's going to keep working till he gets what he wants. You as his child. You believing in him as the great I am. The king of Israel. He won't quit even when death comes. Verse 10. Receive my spiritual instructions and not and not silver. And my knowledge. My truths. My laws. My commandments. Rather than choice gold. He's saying. His laws. His decrees. His instructions. They are more rich and glorious than silver and gold. If you want to see how that works out. See they're even a curse on gold. Go watch the movie The Hobbit. See the power of the love of gold in the dwarf kingdom and see how it will change you, make you greedy and jealous and envious and a terror. The dwarf king, when he became the king eventually, the gold changed him to a person he was not. There's a spell of evil wickedness They said in the movie, The The Hobbit, that the fire drake of the north had slept with the dwarf's gold, breathed on it. A curse. And you'll see that in the final one, I think, the, the, the series of The Hobbit, the third movie. And you'll see the change in Doran, I think that's his name. Where Bilbo saw it and had to help him to recover himself. You must be wary of gold and riches and greed and power and because it will pervert you and twist you. And we are learning here from King Solomon that you need to desire his righteousness and his laws and his truth and commandment more than gold and silver. Psalms 19, 7 through 14, verse 11. Moreover, by them, my voice, my laws, my truths, my statutes, my judgments, my commandments, and by your honor of me, is your servant warned. David's stillness by me studying your laws, your voice, your truths, your commandments, I am warned. I'm given notice. I'm given knowledge. And then in keeping them, obeying them, doing them, there is great reward. Not only must you hear and know his laws, but you must obey them. If you hear them in church, but you go into the voting booth and you vote for abortion, which is death of an innocent individual, a child, for any reason... You may have heard God is a God of life. Love your neighbor. God loves children. And you go vote for, give money to, a political system that votes for abortion. Then guess what? You're not listening. You're not obeying. You're in sin and a trespasser. God will deal with you. If you don't know that law, then you're in ignorance And in darkness. And you're serving Satan. Who's your king. You're just doing what he has taught you. Verse number 12. Who can understand his errors? Can you understand sin? Trespassing? Do you understand God? His righteousness? His judgment? His laws? Do you understand who it's for? How it is done on earth or not done? You must study under a master teacher. Pastor Pastor Deborah is a master teacher. I will look at what you're doing. When I looked at Amanda, who had hands, when I looked at Amanda's body, with a pair of scissors in it coming down at my heart, I had to do righteous judgment. It was her physical dirt body, but it was not her spirit or her soul. It was her mother's spirit in there, with a demon, who were doing it. But I had to forgive Deborah for everything she ever did to me, which was bad stuff, before she died. I forgave her, hugged her. She had gotten saved, Deborah, had gotten saved early on when she was a young child. She was born into multi-generational sadness. I met her mother in a nursing home. Deborah was trying to fulfill her assignment and have her daughter who was the child of her brother, Isaac who's also in heaven. She was trying to live. She had been severely abused, sexually abused, spiritually abused horribly in her childhood. She got saved as a teenager. She had multiple personalities and so did Amanda, so did Isaac. I was dealing with some hard stuff and I had to Learn much quickly. So, verse 12 says, Who can understand our own errors, sin, trespassing? Cleanse you, O Lord, me from my secret, my secret faults and desires and ideas, my sins and disobedience. So, here King David is saying, Only you can cleanse me. You must judge me. I can't look at myself and understand. But you can. And you look at my secret things. That I don't tell anybody. You look at my secret desires and thoughts. And goals and purposes. My sins and disobedience. Verse 13. Keep back you. Your spirit and soul also. From presumptuous sins. Rebellious rebellion let them my sins and disobedience not have dominion over me do you pray that but first you got to realize your thoughts your concepts who you serve who you obey your goals and desires they must be seen in the light of God's laws then you must go please help me to fight against them and don't let them have dominion Over me. I'm tested at Walmart. For greed. I see a penny or something on the floor in Walmart. I don't keep it. I take it to the service desk. Sometimes I'll be tested in many other ways. About whose property this is. Tested on the phone. About getting the COVID vaccination with family. Tested about my life. My viewpoint. Tested by my husband. Tested. Tested. When I first learned how to. Live and think about the kingdom of heaven. as where I'm from as an alien. Like Christ Jesus. I was tested by a pastor. He wanted to know what denomination was I registered as. I said excuse me. He says you know you register your car. So you got to be registered. Because they look at. Satan looks at humans as pieces of property. You must be registered, aligned with, declared to be in a certain party, religion. I said, I pulled mine. I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, which is not of this world. And my denomination that I follow, I don't. There is no denomination in the kingdom of heaven. You're a citizen or you're not. You're in the family of God or you're not. You're of the ruling kingship, rulership of heaven or you're not. I'm a child of God. I learned I'm a God myself. The ancients knew that. The pharaohs, they were God on earth. A lot of the kings believed they were God's Anointed, They were. They had the patterns but they became perverted. Do you pray that you're sins don't have dominion over you then I shall be upright when they don't have dominion over me and I shall be innocent from your great transgressions that's the goal you can stand before him now and in death and have no sin no transgressions You are a baby and a child for most of your life. But when you get older. Oh my gosh. And you know the laws. The tests are worse. The trials. Are worse. The battles are tougher. Life and death. Who you serve. God or money. Verse 14. Let the words of my mouth. Pastor Deborah's mouth. And the meditations of my spirit and my soul, my mind, be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You have to study. There's a lot in this word of encouragement, a lot of true stories of Pastor Deborah. I've been through the fire, been through testing. It's difficult. Even after you've been there a long, long time, tests come. They're harder. They're more difficult. Every little bit of knowledge that you learn, you'll be tested on. God will be quiet. He's looking. It's as if we're in school. And when you learn new information and you study and do your homework, test time, the teacher is quiet. You take it by yourself. You pass or fail. That is how it is with God. We're in a school of light. We're in a school of spiritual learning. We have to have spiritual teachers, mothers, fathers in our lives. Not so much your biological. I am a spiritual mother to the world. I had one biological child, James, can't have any more. But God gave me all of you to be my spiritual children because it's through love of a mother, the first love, the anchor that anchors the spirit and the soul. Then you'll get to know the father, but it's the mother's job to be the anchor, to be, bring the words of encouragement, support, love, teach, In those times you're in my arms, you're in the crib, you're wearing your diaper, you mess up, the mama's there with tender words, teaching all the time, by my eyes, by my nonverbal communication. So here in this word of encouragement, we've learned a lot. Watch it, take notes, go look at the scriptures yourself, and ask yourself this question. How are you warned? Of your sin and rebellion against the Lord God of Israel. He's here to help you. His words are here. Nature is here. Your experiences are here. People out on social media are here to help you. We do not want you to be ignorant, and we want you to pass your test. And we want to